The danger is now. It's real. It's coming. Nobody leaves the colonia. If anyone raises a hand to another, they're out. You risked it. Was he safe? Nothing better than podcasting on an empty blotter. <laughs> Indeed, yes. I probably should have dumped mine before I started, but <laughs> this cup of this gigantic mug of coffee I'm about to drink will make that irrelevant anyway. So it's yeah. a depends moment. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I I'm good as, until I stand up, and I stand up, and I have to race and hope the cat doesn't trip me before I can get there in time. <laughs> Anywho, that's too much about my urinary tract system. <laughs> Greetings! It's another episode of Fear the Walking Dead cast. I think that's what we're doing tonight. But I'm joined by my usual co-hosts, Beth and Brian Hughes, and our occasional co-host, back from uh, the dead, I guess you can say. Uh, serotonin is, has managed to claw our way up through the grave and, and get back on the podcast this week. We, we thought we were going to have uh, Professor... Alan Middleton with us, but he he has busy editing work to do, so we decided just to eat him. And so we're going to continue with our recaps of season two of Fear the Walking Dead. You know why we're here, right? And we're doing episode twelve, Pillar of Salt, this week, which hmm sounds like it has like biblical overtones. But say hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. That's the only one here, am I? Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'll just say hello. <laughs> Anywho, we open the show with a man, a woman, and a young girl, Beth Bryan and Sarah, uh, sneakily escaping from La Colonia. Dad pulls a walker in from the, the, the wall and gives their family a bloodbath. Great overhead shot of the wall gives an idea of just how many uh, dead they have accumulated, and I thought it was like, they've either been adding a lot of bodies in the last couple of weeks, or they just haven't given us the full scope yet, because I thought there were a lot more there that than we've seen in you know, previous shots, but whatever, more more walkers is always more fun, right? As they hit the streets, they are almost immediately spotted by the apocalypse-marked bandits, and the man tries to bribe them with supplies to get them to leave. Uh, he's recognized as a frequent traveler to the store, and the bandits are looking for their oxy uh, little delivery still, and separates the men from the girls. Next, we check in with Ophelia, who is cruising down totally empty roads. Come on, production designers. Just kind of lazy set. You know, drive one of your own personal cars out there or something for some set dressing. You know, <laughs> there are no cars on the road when, when the apocalypse happened. Just, well, the Mexican street crew worked overtime. So. I guess so, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's only been two months, and I don't think those gents are even that ambitious. There should be something left out there. Crashes. There'd be tons of crashes. Okay, I'll drop it. And anyway, taking a literal and mental drive down memory lane, she arrives at a small hotel restaurant that obviously has some meaning to her, and she dispatches a walker handily with a hammer. And she goes into flashback mode, and we get to meet the back, or we get the backstory on how Ophelia almost got engaged. Um, she is reticent to leave with, you know, her new fiance. Or maybe fiance. She takes the ring, but doesn't give him a definitive answer. Kind of like that. Uh, he realizes it's an attachment to her parents that is kind of making her hesitate. So, character building. 
Back at the Rosarito Beach Hotel, we get a musical montage about the uh, residents planting and reinforcing and fueling up the magical generator, which they finally addressed this week because they've been listening to us, right, guys? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Victor is preparing the ever important bar. I like that. He's just, you know, that's all he's doing. That's a, Victor, just get the fucking alcohol ready, Madison. You know, it's like that's your job. You make the best drinks in the place, you're our bartender. Very important job in the apocalypse. People are fishing, and Alicia is being taught to surf. Valuable skill in the apocalypse, of course. She reminisces a bit about Nick, and we find out Hector, her surf instructor's brother, is probably involved with the cartel mark criminals. Luciana is putting some clothes on, and uh, darn, and there's a knock on Nick's door to inform her that Francisco and his family left. People at the beginning of the episode. And Nick realizes they still need to do the drug delivery or shit is going to hit the fan. At the hotel, they are discussing gathering gas for the generator. Again, now they're just going to beat us over the head with this. Hey, we have a generator. That's why the lights are on. There's a knock on the door that ends up uh, being angry wedding mom, and she gets all stabby with Victor. Luckily, one of the wedding guests is almost a doctor, and they can hopefully save him, almost, but not before we have a plot device. Victor's injuries are bad enough that they know they need supplies, plot device, and they tell them about, Elena tells them about the apocalypse mark that we all already know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alejandro hears about the desertion, is not happy, he's not giving an inch on the whole faith thing. Uh, Luciana tells him that he should speak to the town. Victor and Madison discuss what to do about mom, contemplating exile, contemplating looking at the flowers probably, but she lays down the law that she needs to be locked up or sent away. No violence here, period, and everyone agrees. Boy, but she does need to be sent away. That's one crazy bitch right there. Yeah, well. uh, If there's anyone that needs to look at the flowers, it's her. Yeah, she's lost her shit. I'm going to go out on the limb here and say there's adequate. Go ahead, Sarah. Sorry. I said, I said when when we talked the other day, I said leaving her locked in a room indefinitely just isn't going to work. Yeah, but so I have to shove her off the end of the beard and let the riptide take her. Yeah, those, those uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know she's got more family there than Madison does, so I think she's trying to be diplomatic. But I'm going to make an argument for the case that it probably should be Madison sent away by the end of this episode. But we'll get to that. This I gotta hear. <laughs> <laughs> Alejandro gives his pep talk about why the uh, Colonia is better than the Wasteland, and again presses the point that Faith will save them, except until they really run out of water, and as long as no one leaves, of course. The water will just start springing from rocks, you know, if you guys just stay here and pray to me. He lays down the law to Nick and Luciana that not even the supply run should go forth. Uh, Nick and Luciana try to impress upon him the importance of keeping people with lots of guns happy, uh, but Alejandro gets snippy and refuses to let them go. Madison, Oscar, and Elena settle up to uh, go to the store. Elena gives us some backstory about her and Hector, and we find out a little more about his brother and that whole situation. Nick tells Luciana they still need to make the run. She reminds him that she's the boss in a very sexy, funny way. One of the best scenes of the show is just her being like, yeah, you're my bitch. It's <laughs> 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 pretty awesome. Having been someone's bitch on a regular basis at times, I understand. Things are going as planned at the Mart. And going, you know you like it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I actively even, you know, look at the wanted papers for such things. Things are going as planned at the Mart, and they're going through the slow protocol to go shopping. Uh, too slow for Madison's taste, of course, because she wants to save her future boyfriend. Nick tries to talk some sense into Alejandro, and he's agitated and pissed that people are losing faith in him. Oh, poor little Messiah. Time for Madison to go full stupid. While making the transaction, Madison overhears a conversation about a ratty-haired gringo kid and rushes into the interrogation room and almost blows the whole deal and nearly gets them all killed because Nick. Nick organizes a secret chip to make the oxy water deal and tries to make up with Luciana by offering her a little Kenneth drink of water. I'm assuming it was water. From uh, Alejandro's private stash, I guess. Victor isn't doing well with... uh, isn't doing well and him and Alicia have a great scene where she talks about her experience caring for people and she's kind of straight with Strand about his condition and we get beat over the head a little bit about the whole my mom wasn't there for me stuff we get it guys move on Nick is checking out the the wall and realizes he's being watched and that the Quickie Mart bandits have found the Colonia and Nick's midnight run may be too late flashback to Ophelia taking her or talking to her mom about the dark past uh, good to see Mama again. And uh, she and Daniel, the past that she and Daniel shared and got a little more backstory on the horrible things they witnessed and, you know, were involved in. And in back in the now, Ophelia takes off and we re- realize that she's headed towards the good old USA again. Alicia's ranting about Mom uh, being there, uh, more for Nick, was relevant, though, as we find out Madison comes back. And again, does something that puts pretty much everyone at risk by lighting the hotel's main sign to be a beacon for all to find. And our last scene is Travis, looking like he's maybe alone, um, seeing it and kind of heading in that direction. So, a lot of stuff happened in this episode, guys. And a lot of stupid happened. Well, yeah, and that's... <laughs> that I don't know how... We went from Madison being, like, the most capable person. Well, I do know why, but it's just a little dumb, in my opinion. Going from pretty much the most practical, you know, smartest person in the apocalypse to just doing something that could get literally everyone killed, you know, and just night and day. This is what I call... Wasn't really happy with it. (laughs) It's it's what I call writing to flush the toilet. Yeah, yeah. And what yeah. I what I mean by that is that you've got all these things there in the bowl in all different places, and you want to bring them together. So you got to flush it to create that world, you know, the the little cyclone to bring everything down to the center. A, a spot on, if aromatic uh, metaphors are <laughs> very good. Yes. Yeah, boy, everybody sure is really close together, aren't they? Yeah, and well. Even if they were, we've got a big beaming fucking lighthouse for them to walk towards now anyways. <laughs> Thank you, Madison. Good use of that that uh, you know limited generator power. Uh, just yeah, I just just kind of enraged. And I'm gonna shut up and let the ladies talk and you talk and give me something, guys. I'm all alone here tonight. Usually even bust in the middle of my synopsis and start talking. <laughs> I know. I I was telling Brian, you know, I think I've slept since then. I really should have watched the episode over again. Oh, I have work in the brain. I'm sorry. No, no. See, the thing is, I, I didn't want to watch the episode again because this was one of the worst episodes yeah. in my mind. 
Yeah. It it pissed me off because they they did these stupid things. They had too many coincidences. They had people doing things that they don't normally do. I think one of the main things that really got on my nerves this episode was when um, they tried to make Madison uh, do shit she normally would not do. Yeah. You know, and she just was not acting herself. As if she's going to put everyone in danger, and she just – that's not who she is. She never thinks straight when it comes to Nick anyway. And if she heard a rumor that he was at the grocery, that means he had to be close. So she turns on the light. Leave the light on for you. Yeah, okay. But she, she, never, she never acts right in the head when it comes to Nick. That's her baby boy, and that's her blind spot. Yeah, but the writers botched it as far as the timing. I, yeah. I absolutely agree yeah. that it was touched, but I understand where it's coming from. But there's a way to do it, though. The, the Madison that, that committed these idiotic acts in this episode should have never settled into the hotel in the first place. She should have been like, fuck you guys, I'm going to find my son. That's essentially what we've come around to anyway, with her and Alicia, that speech between her and Alicia, and be like, I'm your kid, you know, why are you putting me at risk for this one that decided to leave? And, you know, we, we've been led to believe that she accepted to a certain respect that Nick left, may never see him again, and, okay, we're going to get down to business and secure this place and lay down the law. And then she does a complete 180, and it's just, there had because to be better she ways. Heard that he was still out there and walking around. <clears throat> when she accepted that she's never going to see him again, the back of her mind, she's like, okay, he's dead. And I'm right. never going to see him again. But then she hears about the ratty-haired gringo at the grocery store, really blowing that deal. But anyway, um, and it all comes flooding back of, he's still out there, I can still find him, and he's close. But didn't she break her own rules that she when she laid down the law earlier, especially by turning on the lights? Shouldn't they be banishing her? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's a brief. Yep. You can't banish the queen, can you? No, I guess not. Hopefully that comes to a head. The hell? Yeah, I, you can. I'll be pretty upset if everyone's just like okay with it, you know. And I, they're obviously going to be, as Brian said, you know, the the bowl has been flush, and everyone's going to come swirling in towards the hotel one way or another. Um, but I'd be pretty upset if there isn't like a little civil war in the hotel itself, saying, "What the fuck are you thinking of?" Yeah, she can say she just accidentally turned it on and didn't realize it because she turned it off right away. It was the, not right away. No, it was still beaming at the end. Tra Travis saw it. and Yeah, and no telling who all else saw it. Yeah, because yeah. remember she was yelling at Alicia that she had to leave it on. and Alicia should have just knocked her mother out. I almost expected her to just bop her on the head and be like, all right, I'm in charge now. <laughs> Mom's gone off the, off the deep end. <laughs> but she, it just kind of pissed me off that she's going to go through all that bullshit. Just because of Nick, when Nick chose to leave. I mean, I get the whole, yeah, that's her her kid that she's always worried about. But I still, it doesn't make any sense to me why she would go through that extent of going up to the guy and saying, hey, uh, was this the kid you're talking about, you know, and he's got ratty hair and... I mean, come on. You knew damn well that's who they were talking about. Well, it wouldn't be as surprising if they hadn't built the character up to be 
like above that, you know, that, yeah, I missed my, but again, she's like been the last couple episodes, she's been talking about, and I get where Sarah's coming from. And and she says it, your child's always your child. She finds out that he might be alive and something, a light switch went off in her, you know, that lit up a big hotel sign, presumably. Um, So I get that. Yeah. But I mean, if they, if they'd shown some cracks in the armor earlier, it would have made more sense. No, but to... it's how she did it. Yeah. Well, especially they at the... I mean, she should have... Again, yeah. it's kind of like when Nick screwed up at the Apocalypse Mart. He should have... I don't care what deal he offered them. He should have never walked away from that place with his hand. <laughs> he and really he should have like, lost a pinky. At least. Yeah. yeah. I mean... <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's, I think that's more of a Yakuza thing, but... Um, Can we go back I know to... That. Can we go back to something earlier? Yeah, please. The very beginning when that little family of three breaks out. Mm-hmm. Is there any way you're going to be able to keep a little girl from screaming her guts out at zombies? Well, it didn't I mean, work in, in Alexandria. No, it didn't. It, and I'm, just, I'm just like, there's no way you're going to be able I mean, the thing is, she never even showed fear of anything. Yeah, I, I can buy it more at La Colonia because they've been, you know, they're kind of raising everyone that way. So I guess that's not too much of a stretch for me, but I see what you're saying. Well, you know, we, we the thing is we had such a good performance in the other young girl in the previous episodes. Yeah. And well, then, just that they had to do something different. Yeah. Because they, they haven't touched this scenario yet and, where and, the kid actually did stay quiet. Right, right. It's just, I, you know, that just was was really messed up. Now the the wall that they have, of course, it's got its own chinks in the armor where they can get in and out. Yeah, and and I think they, you know, that was important that they showed us that too because Alejandro is obviously very confident about the defense of the place because he's not real worried about pissing off the guys at the at the apocalypse mark even though Nick's saying he probably should be. Anyone? Sarah, what you got for us? I think collectively we all spend a lot of time screaming at our screens. If I had foam bricks like I used to have, I would be throwing them at the screen. (laughs) Well, the thing is, I used to have foam bricks that I could throw at the TV for the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Oh, that's a good idea. And for many, many years, that was a good thing. Now it's not so bad, but... um, (laughs) But now with the flat screen TVs, I'm a little wary of throwing those at them, throwing anything at them, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas uh, the old uh, big, uh, you know, tube TVs, you know, they they were they were sturdy. They could take it. They could they could take a beating, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, as long as it's foam. I mean, if you're throwing shoes or rocks or pointed things, no, it's not going to do too well. <laughs> I'd still like to be rich enough, just long enough to do the Elvis shoot the TV thing once. That's that's on my bucket list. I'm just going to make sure if I ever do that, that it's somebody else's TV. <laughs> yeah, ideally. Yeah. Now, the one thing I noticed about this episode, because I was getting really upset with this episode, just all the stuff that was going on. And so I looked it up, and the writer of this episode is Carla Ching. All right? Okay. Now, she's only written one other episode, and that was the episode Captive uh, earlier on where we saw – uh, Alex come back and tell Travis, you know, how pissed off she is. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys remember that episode, but that yeah. episode did kind of, it, it did bring out the worst in us, I think. Well, I get where they're going. I mean, the, uh, the, 
the title of you know is Pillar of Salt, and and Madison shouldn't have looked back. Okay, yeah, we get it. We're you know, you don't even have to be a Bible scholar for that one. Um, but why? <laughs> well, we know why, but there just there had to be a better way to get the the band back together, as they say. Just just a little lazy, but we still need you to talk, Sarah, if you can again. So come up with something. How have you been? We haven't talked to you in a couple episodes. So, I mean, how have you been enjoying the uh, you know, I thought thoughts the, on the season so them, far? I thought the, the run them off the pier and let the riptide take them away was absolutely ingenious. Yeah. yeah. But then now every time they're fishing and they're like, I got one, I figure they're going to pull up the body. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I wonder if somehow that might come up. To, I mean, yeah, I guess we're led to believe the riptide is going to take them right out to sea, but you would think there would be a couple of floaters that would make their way back into, yeah, into land. Were they planning on surfing? Well, that's what I'm thinking, too. It's like, is that such a great idea when you just dump 300 walkers in the, in the local waters? But, hey. Uh, yeah, apparently the Clark family isn't really blessed with too many brains this episode. So are they, the uh, fish are all really well fed. So it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but do you see sharks. some sort zombie of romance? Sharks. Zombie. Sorry. Do you see some sort of romance? Seeming like it's a possibility between um, hey. between. Uh, is it her brother, the the manager's brother? Uh, I think Hector. Nephew, I think Hector I think and. Uh, oh sure, you know, hey, sexy uh, surf instructor, sexy surf student, um, gotta happen. But right? it's not. He's really he's not. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's kind of plain, but you know. <laughs> I really go out of my way to think about these things from your side of the view. <laughs> Well, it you just know, kind of made me wonder. All right, how about they this? They're about the only trying to show their own age around, so they're going to end up in bed together. <laughs> you know, and the I'm, population I'm, of the hotel is limited, so <laughs> she can't wait for Mr. Hottie McHotness. Oh no, so, right? The odds are with both of them. <laughs> yeah, but let's let's look at this from 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 just a real standpoint, you know, real point of view. She had, uh, you know, at the beginning of the series, she had a boyfriend, yeah. and she she really appeared to care for him an awful lot. And she is truly affected by what was going on with him, and then and the the not you know she was, you know, unable to do anything. She felt powerless in that, and I don't think that she you know, especially after what happened, you know, at the end of the last season with the the you know the jerk water in the boats, yeah, you know that she's sitting there thinking anybody is a good catch right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally. And, and, you know, that's also mirrored by the fact that she's sitting there talking to this guy about the most depressing crap ever. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and that just basically says, I need someone to talk to, a shoulder to lean on. I don't need anybody to, to stop right now. Well, I felt like they were trying to let us know that a little bit of time has passed, you know, thus the musical montage and everyone working. And, and she seemed very, you know, too familiar for him with him to be... Because she says it's like, hey, it's me. Like they've they've been chatting for a while now. So I mean, I'm betting like a couple weeks have, have passed since like the last episode or something. Well, it's not long enough that the plants in the in the yard are sprouting. So okay, well, yeah, yeah that's true. See, yeah, details. That's that's why we need you on the show, Beth. Beth and you are always the one that catches shit like that. I'm just like eh, flowers, whatever. Uh, <laughs> they're planting. Okay, move on. What's the next Walker attack? 
We'll see what happens once you get me off a ventilator and out of the hospital. Well, it helps. Yeah. Oh, you, my. Powers of observation increase exponentially. Yeah, isn't it great? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I do understand, and I'm flip-flopping all over the place here, but I do understand why um, Alejandro would not let Nick and Luciana go out. Because then the makeup guys would have to cover them in blood. And they're sure, trying yeah. very hard not to anymore. Well, they used it on that other family, and yeah, so they must have been <laughs> the out this budget week. is horribly underfunded this, this time around. So, well, yeah. no, no, it's just let's keep the beautiful people uncovered. Yeah. That's that's what it is right now. Well, This is actually the cleanest we've ever seen Nick. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, she's been good for him, um, <laughs> Luciana. At least he's not walking Watch around there occasionally, and yeah, he's not walking around in, the, in the old man golfing jacket, you know. Uh. Now, one thing I'm amazed we haven't—they still have let Nick's either you know sneaking an oxy here or there, or he they they wrote it too easy for him to beat that because I mean I don't know he remember at the end of the first season they were gonna go out to the desert and he was gonna dry out and we just. They kind of dropped that a little bit. He and, did go out to the desert, and he did dry out, though. And that was what, just in the last, about, couple, last several episodes. Well, like, knowing Nick, he probably took the opportunity to grab a couple of oxys while he was cutting them and stuck them in his pocket. Did. I don't think he did, because it hurts too bad to clean up, and he went through it. Yeah, and it took two weeks. You know, it took two weeks of him howling at the moon, exactly the way medicine said it was. Even though they didn't show it, I mean, you you know what happened. Yeah, yeah, and and, and the thing and is that is, is painful and miserable, and and you every second you're doing it, you're pretty sure you're going to die. I mean, he he spent how long in that cage with Strand puking? Yeah, yep. But how and one thing is, what is his what is his new addiction? I'm sorry, sir. his new addiction is. Yeah. I think his new addiction is is Luciana and yeah. run into the run into the store. Yeah, and keeping his his new addiction at this point is is supplying water for the colony. Um, you know, he's he's stepping up and he's going to be the man that Madison always was. You know, <laughs> I'm going to take care of these people. And it makes sense from a, you know, unfurl my pitiful degree in the, the subject, um, you know, it makes sense that as long as it'd be easier for him to to stay off things, even if he's handling them on a regular basis, as long as he does latch onto something else. And it's just the survival of the group. So, you know, like life is his new addiction. Or We were kind of led to believe that walking among the dead and the, like almost the death was going to be his new addiction, but he kind of turned that around. So that's pretty neat. Well, it's because Hottie McCotty showed up. Well, yeah, it never hurts. It never hurts. <laughs> it's the power of the boobs. <laughs> She's the boss. Yep. Yep. Latino Kate Beckinsale. That was the power of the boobs. <laughs> there's no way that can end well, right? I mean, uh, too much happiness. <laughs> yeah, somebody's going to die. <laughs> I, have a, exactly. I don't think I even watched. Yeah, I did watch Talking Dead. I haven't watched, like, the official trailer of the next episode. I don't think I want to. They tend, they're giving away a lot in them lately. I'm going to try to avoid most trailer spoilers. Um, I'm hoping the, uh, well, you, you finally saw the episode there, Brian, that the uh, the spoiler, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that came back on this week may have spoiled, and I don't even say it here for other people that may not watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but there was an actor from this show in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week, and we're kind of led to believe that he might have a semi-regular job on there. 
So I'm just wondering if maybe he won't have a job on here much longer. <laughs> well, he's playing a part that in the comic books is pretty pertinent to the role. Yeah. You know, to the other character. So yeah. it makes sense that if they're going to use one, they're going to use the other. And Could just be moonlighting, too, though. You no, know, no, nah, nah, not with the haircut. About this now. Oh, that's true. That's I'm true. About this because I watched last season Lucifer and Strand showed up as a priest. That's right. Yeah, you were saying that the other day. And, you know, the, these things film at different times. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and Fear the Walking Dead's only 13, well, 15 episodes this season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the haircut's a good point, Brian. I don't know. I don't know. And they could do it hair extensions. Like a wig to me. It didn't it, look right. <laughs> it did, it well, it looked like look a right. wig. It didn't look like he really cut his hair. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, I'll be semi upset if if Agents of Shield has spoiled something. And, and you know how I am about I wigs. <laughs> 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 Don't start watching Arrow then, Beth. There's some really bad wigs in that. Uh, <laughs> I hate horrible wigs. But we shall see uh, what's next uh, episode called here. I had it here in a second ago in front of me. One, come on, Internet. Uh, date of Death, episode 13. Okay, that's a cheery start. Refugees begin flooding into the hotel. Ugh. As the group is staying at, and they recognize a familiar face among them, Travis, maybe. Madison has a hard time dealing with the entire situation. Hopefully, Alicia should just be like queen of the fucking hotel after this week. They should just... After Madison went on Motel 6 on everybody. Yeah, we need to impeach her. It's Madison's fault why there's a bunch of refugees rushing at the freaking hotel. Yeah. Yeah. She she never should have went on Motel 6. But again... Yeah. You know, somebody had to fl- somebody had to move that little brass handle and and make stuff start swirling. The concerned <laughs> mom is fine, but she's supposed to be smart, concerned mom that knows that if she gets everybody killed, she still ain't gonna reunite with her son. <laughs> you know, that should come into play somewhere. <clears throat> and I said, I, I, I would I would believe when, I would believe Madison going off on her own like Ophelia and going searching for Nick. It's like, oh, he's close. Okay, I'll go look for him. I'll start it. The apocalypse mark and and work work my way around. You know? But honestly, based off of this, she should lose her daughter too. Well, yeah, you know. she should not have either child with her. There's two things the Walking Dead universe loved to love to punish. It's love and stupidity, and they get punished in equal measure usually. <laughs> so they're usually the same thing at this point, aren't they? Uh, sometimes, yeah. That remains to be seen, too. No, you know, Nick and Luciana are a power couple. They're like uh, Rick and Andrea from from the comics. You know, they're the ones that should survive. They're the ones kind of best equipped to survive, but it doesn't necessarily mean they will. Um, and I, I don't know. I Yeah, that could be weird because I could see Nick doing something stupid for her, you know, like Madison's doing something stupid for him, but I'm not sure I see Luciana doing something I see her doing something stupid for Alejandro, maybe. He could be her doom because, you know, she still seems to be all on board with him. And, you know, like I said, magic water will spring from the rocks. We'll be okay. Luckily, Nick finds, you know, an ally in the camp that has a little more sense than those two. And, you know, he's just like, come on, dude, you know we're fucked if we don't get this run done. And the uh, guy's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm, You know, the the thing that's that's interesting is that, the scouts are the ones that are defecting. And 
you know, that, I mean, that says an awful lot about what they're seeing out there. We don't know what they're finding when they go out. Doesn't, uh, yeah, Luciana makes some comment about that, doesn't she? About, you know, some of them heard about other places that are doing better than us and things like that, that, you know, they want to go check out. Well, there's always a rumor of someplace better. Right, yeah. That's, that's a classic apocalypse. No matter where you are and what you're doing, let's yeah. let's go to Atlanta, let's go to go to the yeah, whatever. And yeah. there's there's always there's always something better around the corner. Yep. Absolutely. Grass is always greener. Well, everyone's trying they to all get up in terminus. So everyone, you know. Yeah. 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 yeah See how well it's a barbecue place. Yeah. Yes. Uh, ooh, there's food <laughs> here. Let's go here. Mm-hmm. It smells great. Um, <laughs> Let's you know, go to the barbecue. You know they got to break out some cannibals on this this coast too, somewhere down the line. I'd be upset if we don't have cannibals. It should always be cannibals in the apocalypse. Yeah, but it can't be a barbecue in Mexico. <laughs> no, well, I wouldn't put it past a Mexican to be a cannibal. Period. Giant human tort, you know, enchiladas. <laughs> Okay. They, they, just, say, they say that campers in, in sleeping bags are the soft tortilla of the bear world. So <laughs> I still don't know what was in that soup in episode one either. Or in that season one oh, there. Well, you leave, leave the chicken <laughs> for pity's sake. <laughs> Anywho, anyone else got anything else? Uh, I think they had, a, they had to push mom out the window or make her look at the flowers. Uh, I, I, I honestly. I don't want to see her character again because, you know, she's, you know, that, that nothing good is going to happen when she's around. Yeah, the same could be said for Madison right now, though. I mean, she didn't go stabby on her own people, but she's done something arguably almost worse. And let's this... let's look at it this way. Mom got stabby, you know, in vengeance for a child. So, I mean, is the motivation all that different? That she's Madison's just trying to see her child at all costs. And then mom upstairs was just trying to avenge her child at all costs. And she probably didn't even know who she was going to stab when the, the door opened. She was just like already in stabby motion. I think Talking Dead posted out, yeah, or pointed out. Yeah, this kind of episode really makes me wonder uh, how much longer they're going to keep fear going at with this kind of episode. They oh. can't keep doing these kind of episodes and expect to keep watchers watching. Oh, I don't this think it is... wasn't that bad. I mean, I'm not leaving. No, this it was that bad. <laughs> we we already are familiar with their characters and what they would and wouldn't do. And then they have them doing something completely different than what they would really do. It's just... No, I don't dispute the I fact can't that buy I, I think people it. can change. I think the writers just need to get a little busier in justifying the change, you know? And I think that's what they're doing with next week's episode, because when, when Madison did her Tom Baudet impression, you said <laughs> the next one is refugees start pouring into the hotel. Drama. Yeah, well, yeah, there's definitely there's. Oh, well, thank God I'm entitled to my opinion. like <laughs> <laughs> that. Yes, ma'am, you are. And I agree with you. She was stupid and we should slap the snot out of her. But I can't reach into my screen and do it. <laughs> Well, well, she'll, I, come, I, she'll come to town on a convention sometime soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> start, start the restraining orders now, uh, AMC. Uh, but no, I, I get what you're saying. I said I don't think it's like an ending series mistake for me as long as they – I just wish they'd done a little more to justify it and she hadn't been that stupid. Uh, it, it just – again, I, I think that 
that they're writing things a little less than realistic as far as I don't think that they ever would have gotten out of the apocalypse smart alive at that point. Because uh, we, we don't, I mean, they brought him some nice fish, but I mean, we, we were not led to believe that the hotel has been like this super important trading partner with them like the colony has and that we can bring you lots of oxy. They didn't really have that kind of juice, so... No, I was only simply saying is that if they keep writing stuff like they wrote in this episode, they are going to end up losing watchers because it just... Even though they want it to make sense, it just doesn't. It doesn't fit. Yeah, then they've lost people over on the other show for the same reason. And we always, as much as we like the show, we always have little logical nitpicks, and it just seems to be lazy little stuff, you know. Didn't um, Brian just point out that this was a different writer than normal? Yeah. Or yeah she, one other episode that we all bitched about before anyway? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's, so their there's answer is to never let her use pen again. Yeah, you know, <laughs> need to, need to make someone lose their job, but that, that's what you got to do, AMC. <laughs> <laughs> we just going to boycott any any episode with, with her name on the byline, that's all. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll still have to listen because I'm the producer, but or I'll still have to watch and, and talk about it, but... That's the bullet I take. But yeah, get the pe- person who who uh, wrote the last two episodes to write the rest of them, and will be that would be great, as uh, you know, Lumberg would say in Office Space. But, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Cue <laughs> the music. Just, feels good to be a gangster. Yeah, <laughs> I think I already used that in one. I actually I have the song they they used over the montage this week. I think I'm gonna end our show with this week just because any excuse to fucking break copyright laws, you know. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's 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 for review and entertainment purposes only, and it should be yeah. covered under yeah. fair use. I really should. I need to make myself a nice little disclaimer. Like, uh, Andrew Leyland has an. Yeah, awesome I was about to say copyright Andrew Leyland. <laughs> yeah, just ask. Yeah. He'll take care of it for us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I should, but that, that's just that's effort, so I won't. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. Thanks for joining us again, Sarah. Good to have you back. It's good to be back. It really is. And, uh, uh, we were going to be, well, we got two, three more. This was 12, so 15, he said we are going. Yeah. This uh, season, right? So yep. next, yeah. next we have a date of death. Yeah, yikes! All right, and then maybe someone gets a haircut. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, till next week, kids. It's a Fear the Walking Dead cast, and we are planning. We're gonna have a huge, huge finale for you when we talk about the last episode. I'm already. Um, told uh, Professor Allen that he will be here and I know Mike Zuma wanted to join us so we'll get him on an episode in the next few if not and invite him to the the finale and the one we do between this and the regular Walking Dead and yeah that's about it Sarah you're welcome back anytime obviously thanks for digging me up appreciate it anytime yeah welcome back (laughs) yeah that last few feet of dirt was kind of tough but you know Scott is there to help. That's the Fear Walking Dead cast. Bye now. Bye. 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 Adios. Ruby Dirty signing off. By the shattered coals of another's arms, so swept inside like the rosary that fell away when the girlish charms cried out to take on motherhood. She waits by the windowsill, wrapped in one.
cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen, and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the quarter bin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarter Bin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarter Bin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny.